Hey there, friends. My name is Liz Mendoza, and I am so thrilled to officially welcome you all to our second season of Beyond the Walls. This season, we're going to do more deep dives into our fieldwork, hear stories from our staff and runners, listen in on more inspiring conversations, as well as answer some of your questions about running, fundraising, and everything in between. For those of you who don't know me, I serve as the Texas Area Director for Team Roll Vision, where I get to lead a group of incredible people throughout Austin, San Antonio, and Houston. Shout out to my Houston team who will be taking on their Pomoja 7-day 6K marathon starting this Sunday. I am so incredibly proud of each of you and all of our Texas teams who have endured race pivots, virtual launches, and smaller group runs, all to make sure kids around the globe get access to clean water. I am continually inspired by each of you. Keep crushing it, Houston. I can't wait to cheer you on this week. Now, we have a great episode in store for you today. This week, we get to hear a phenomenal conversation between Lindsay and another World Vision staffer, Renee Bolton. Renee not only serves as a senior regional manager leading some of our finest area directors around the Midwest and Central Region, but Renee just finished her first ever marathon this past fall. She, just like many of you, became a first-time runner and crossed the finish line of the Chicago Pomoja Marathon in October. After a long, grueling season of training in the midst of a pandemic, if you're looking for some motivation and need to hear from someone who just experienced and pushed through a training season that was challenging and more difficult than we could have ever imagined, well, you are in for a treat because this is the episode for you. Renee seriously brings light and joy into everything she does, and we are so excited for you to hear about her training season as you move your feet today. Welcome Beyond the Walls with Team World Vision. How are you doing today, sister? I am so good, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be a part of the show. Oh, man. I just want to hug my computer. I like seeing you and seeing your face. I just want to hug you right now. I'm going to give you that virtual air hug right there. Boom, boom. I know, right? Let's do that. I <laughs> miss hugging. That is the one thing I miss the most is hugging. Oh, so much. We're excited to have you so that you can share your story and encourage other folks that are moving their feet right now. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, this has been a, a, a blessing in disguise for 2020 and running. Like, who does that? And why do you run in a pandemic? And why do you continue to do it? And things of that sort. So I'm excited to share my story. Well, let's get into it. So going all the way back to the beginnings, your World Vision beginnings, how in the world did you get involved with World Vision in the first place? Oh my God, I got involved with World Vision because of my amazing church. I am a member of Soul City Church in Chicago. And yes, love my church so much. What up, Pastor Jeannie and Pastor Jarrett? Shout out. <laughs> That's more of a, a nod to my pastor to Pastor Jarrett because he loves hip hop. So I had to say it that way for him. 
Um, <laughs> but I found out about World Vision through them, and it is a amazing story because one Sunday I was sitting in the pew, uh, just listening to the sermon, and it was about chosen and being chosen. And I was like, being chosen? What do you mean? And the story was amazing, and it was all about the kids being able to choose someone to sponsor them, and I was moved, and so I became part of Chosen. I was like, I have to be a part of that movement. And I've been sponsoring um, my sponsored child, Maureen, for almost two years now. It'll be two years in uh, this February coming up in 2021. So, so back that up, for folks that don't know, over the last couple of years, God's been doing some crazy things through World Vision. So did you just say that your sponsored child chose you versus you potentially going online or like you said, sitting at church and you getting to choose a child? Is that what? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So she chose me. She chose me like to be her sponsor and World Vision did something different. They started it where instead of the child choosing Instead of you choosing the child, the child gets to choose. They are empowered. So she was empowered to choose me and to be her sponsor. And how lucky am I? And so that was my first beginning with World Vision. And from there, I went on to um, continue to sponsor her. And I was in the beauty industry, which is funny story of how I came to World Vision. And being a part of the beauty industry, you're like, well, how does that happen? So even though you didn't ask that question, I'm sure there were probably th people thinking that. So I'll just share the answer. <laughs> um, the way that it happened is I saw an online listing for World Vision. And because I had been sponsoring a child, I was like, I know World Vision. I love World Vision. I get what they do. I understand it. I respect it. I love it. And I want to be a part of that. But then there's the other side of me that says, Renee, your resume just screams beauty. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't apply because it's all beauty. And you don't, they don't, they're clearly not doing anything with beauty. They're doing nonprofit. And so I had this conversation. I prayed about it with God. <clears throat> I might get a little emotional. So just bear with me here. Uh, I prayed about it. And I said, God, my resume speaks beauty. It screams beauty, actually. Why would Real Vision want me? He said, I didn't ask you that, Renee. I told you to apply. And I was like, well, I don't know, God. Like, why would, the, but why would they want me? Like, I don't get it. Why should I apply? He's like, don't ask questions. Just do it. Okay. Now, I've never read, I read the title of the position, but I never read the job description. And he was like, Renee, just do it. I was like, okay. And when I found it, I read the job description and it, it was exactly what I was doing, except it was in the beauty industry. I was like, wow, this is why you told me to apply. Here I am almost a year later. Not only did I sign up to be a part of the best organization in the world to help get kids clean water, but I also ran my first marathon with World Vision this year, which is crazy. How did that even come to be from one thing to the next? Can you connect the dots for us there? <laughs> I know it sounds crazy. Well, um, I've definitely heard about the marathon because, of course, Soul City, there we go. Um, and coming to the church and talking about the marathon, and I was like, I think I want to run a marathon, but I don't know why. Like, who and why would you want to run 
want to run a marathon. I just, you know, never conceived that notion or idea, but God was like, I need you to do this. I was like, all right, God, I guess I've been praying for bigger things to do and better things to do. So I guess this is bigger and better. So I will obey. And I signed up. And of course, Josh, who, uh, Folkerts, who doesn't sit too far from me when we're in the office, pre-COVID, uh, actually, he's right next to me, usually. And he's like, so you're signing up? And I'm like, well, I don't know. And I kept hemming and hawing, but I did finally sign up. How did you feel in that moment when you said yes? I had said yes, like verbally, but it didn't compute with my mind. My mind hadn't said yes yet. So I've only said yes verbally. And I didn't like do anything right away. And I got these like glaring looks from Josh here and there um, saying, okay, Renee, what are you going to do? Like, I need you to go ahead and sign up. The spots are going to be taken. Okay, Josh, I'm not sure if I want to do this, but you signed up. You signed up for a reason. And the reason why I signed up was because kids need clean water. Mm. Um, kids need to be healthy. Kids need to be able to grow. Kids need to be able to live. And so that is the reason why I signed up to run Team Real Vision, my first marathon. So, I mean, pre-COVID, you strap on those shoes and you start moving your feet and you're following the plan. What was your training season like before COVID hit? I started out in the gym. So because I've never run a marathon before, I've only run like 5Ks and I'm not even saying running because that's unfair to say because I was so out of shape. I walked <laughs> 5Ks. So that's the most I've ever done in my life. And then um, I had to prove to myself that I could consistently work out. So before the base training started, I started my own workout routine first a couple of times at the gym. So after work, I'd go straight to the gym and, and get on the treadmill and work out. Because I, even though I'm from Chicago, doesn't mean that I enjoy the cold weather and running outside. So the treadmill yeah. is my thing. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> so I just started base, tra I started a pre-base training on my own. And then before COVID hit, um, I was still in the gym. Then they started talking about COVID and then things shut down. And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I'm training for a marathon and I don't like running outside and it's still the winter time. So what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> so I invested, I said, you know what? If you're going to do this marathon and you signed up to do it, you have committed yourself to getting clean water for kids, you are going to run this marathon and you're going to buy a treadmill. So I brought a, I purchased a treadmill. And when I purchased that treadmill, um, I was like so excited because that's how I was going to continue doing my training. So the day of the delivery, the one thing I knew is I, I live in a walk up. So there's like, I live on the second floor. And so when you get into my building, it has to go up like four flights of stairs to get to the second floor. And I live by myself. And so I was like, I don't know how this is going to happen, but God is going to make a way because I signed up for this and he always does. So the UPS guy delivers it and he's like, I'm like, hey, wait, can, can like, I literally like ran downstairs as soon as he rang the bell because usually they'll bring it in. But because it was so heavy, I knew that I had to meet him downstairs. And I was like, can you help me with this up the stairs? And he's like, no, no, I don't think so. I was like, but I really need help. I live by myself and 
I don't know what to do. And I just started to put the guilt trip on him because he kept telling me no. And I was like, look, I'm training for this marathon. I'm trying to get kids clean water. I'm not going to be able to train if you don't help me get this treadmill up the steps. Can you at least help me up to the first flight? And he was like, okay, but you know, we're not supposed to. I was like, I get it. I'll pray for you. Like, you're going to be okay. God's got you. Just help <laughs> me up the first flight. And I knew if he helped me up the first flight, he couldn't help but continue to help me up the rest of the flight. That's right. That's right. Way to get him. <laughs> so I was like, get me to the door at least. So he got me to the door and I just slid it in. And the treadmill said it requires two people. But I was determined and I put that treadmill together on my own. And my first workout was the day that I got the treadmill. So let me get this straight. You've never run a marathon. Right. You didn't want to run a marathon. You said yes to it, but you said you said yes to it. But you were, you know, like, well, that, yeah, I said it, but I was trying to figure it out. So then you sign up for this thing. A global mm -hmm. pandemic hits and you can quit. Mm -hmm. But you choose to buy a treadmill mm -hmm. and sucker this guy to slough it up the stairs with you so you can keep moving your feet. Did I get that right? You got that right. <laughs> You're incredible. Well, so word on the street is that you've named your treadmill. Is this true? That is true. Her name is Mo. And the okay. reason why her name is Mo is because my sponsored child is Maureen. So, okay, here we go. The waterworks may come. So just for warning, you guys, um, Maureen is so special to me and she gives me motivation. So I had to put a picture of her. The, what kept me going is that I put a picture of her on my um, closet door on my wall so that when I worked out every single day, I could see her face because she is my reason why. She's my reason why I continue to run. She's my reason why I got on the treadmill and worked the training plan. Even with the blisters, even with the chafing, even with the toenails coming off, Maureen was the reason why, if I can help get other kids clean water and just have a better way of living mm -hmm. by running a marathon, why wouldn't I continue? Mm -hmm. In spite of a pandemic, they helped me, she and the other kids, they needed to be healthy and they in turn helped me get healthy. Can you, I mean, can you say a little bit more about that? I mean, like you're saying in the midst of all of this, living alone, um, you know, I know we've got lots of folks moving their feet right now and we're just listening that it's been a, it's been a year, man. Mm -hmm. it, Life it has been, yeah. been a year, you know, and so these kids, you said you were running to keep them healthy, but they helped keep you healthy. I mean, can you, I can see it in your eyes. Can you? try to express or say more about that? I mean, uh, before I started this, <clears throat> excuse me, I was 20 pounds heavier. I was overweight. Um, I, like I said, it was during the pandemic. I was not necessarily happy being alone. And when the computers turn off at the end of the day, it's really just hard to not have someone to talk to, to be able to enjoy the outside, these are all things that we take for granted every single day mm -hmm. that these kids don't have. Mm -hmm. And mentally, 
it was hard. Emotionally, it was hard. But who am I to complain about something that I'm privileged to have? When I say that they got me healthy, they got me healthy because I lost the 20 pounds. Mm -hmm. I didn't give up during the craziest time. I kept moving, mm -hmm. not just physically I kept moving, I kept moving mentally. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. gave me the motivation that I needed to keep going because if I gave up on myself, I gave up on them. So mm -hmm. I needed to maintain my health and that's what they helped me do. Mm -hmm. And Mo and Maureen staring, mm -hmm. staring you right back in the eyes, cheering you on every with everything. I spoke to Maureen every morning. Good morning, Maureen. Good afternoon, Maureen. Good evening, Maureen. This is what we got going today. This is how many miles. Mm -hmm. And every day that I trained, she knew how many miles I had. And if you were a stranger, just watch me from afar. You probably thought I was crazy, but that's okay. Because... I had what I needed in Maureen, mm -hmm. in a picture of a child who's a part of my family. Yeah. I mean, and, and how much bigger can you get? Mm -hmm. How much bigger can this be than to be responsible enough to say, I'm not going to give up. I am mm -hmm. going to keep moving. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep going. I'm gonna keep fundraising. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna keep asking. I'm going to keep running. I don't care how hard it is. I'm going to keep going because I can't give up because this is bigger than me. Well, in, in the midst of the season too, I mean, as we all know, living through COVID, I mean, it's gotten better and it's surely gotten worse. Um, but, you know, Chicago Marathon canceled mm -hmm. completely. Um, when that happened, you know, how did that affect you mentally? And then how did that play out? What did your race day look like? I mean, I'm staring at your medal. So I know you crossed a finish line right now. <laughs> Guys, you can't see this. But right over Renee's left shoulder, hanging right over her shoulder, is her Pomoja medal. It is a beautiful thing. I can see it. So, I mean, Chicago Marathon cancels me. I mean, what was that? What was that like for you, fighting so hard for this thing? And then, and then, what did race stand up looking like for you? It's so funny because right before they canceled, I started to train outside because I was like, "This is an outside race, Renee. You just can't do the treadmill." Um, and so I kept going and saying, okay, I got to start getting outside. So I would start to train more and more outside so I could get used to it. And then like maybe a month or so later, that's when the Chicago marathon canceled. Mm -hmm. And I was a little happy, kind of. Um, right, that's right. <laughs> right. I mean, I was relieved because I was like, oh my God, I don't have to run outside now. But that doesn't mean I was relieved because I wasn't going to run because I was still going to run regardless. I was still going to finish this regardless because I signed up to help kids gain clean water and I can't fall back on that promise that I made. So that meant I just had to figure out the alternative for myself. And thank God, Lindsay, you guys already had that figured out 
you had Pomoja ready to go. And I was like, okay, so do I do the six day, the seven day 6K? Or do I do the marathon and just suck it up and, and do it on my own? Or do I go out and do it with everybody else? Well, we all know that, as I said earlier, I am not an outside runner. <laughs> the reason being is because I can control my time on my treadmill. I'm at home. I can use my, I'm a closet germaphobe, people. I'm just going to share that with you. So that means that I can use my own bathroom. Mm -hmm. I can change my clothes. That you know, might have, I'm going to pause you right there. I think that might have been the hidden gem of 2020. No porta potties. That's yes. all. Okay, back to back to your regularly regularly scheduled answer. Go back there. Here we go. <laughs> so I could do, I could get water when I wanted to. I could go to the fridge. I mean, all these great things that I was like, I'm going to run this thing and I'm going to run it on my treadmill. That's what I'm going to do. And so my race day looked a lot different from a lot of people. And Josh thought I was crazy. And he told me, Renee, are you sure you're going to do it? Come on, come to group runs. Unfortunately, I didn't go to group runs because COVID was so prevalent at that time. And I just, my, I wasn't ready to go personally. But I do encourage everyone to, to go to group runs because I think it's something that is needed. And I hate that I missed out on those. Um, if that's one regret that I have, I would say that that would be it. However, I decided to run it on my treadmill and I was like, I'm going to run this marathon and I'm going to run it on my treadmill and I'm going to have a marathon party. I'm going to bring the marathon to Renee. That's what I'm <laughs> going to do. Boom. <laughs> so that's what I did. I invited my closest friends over my inner circle because I only had a few people that I interacted with during COVID. But I only had a few people that I interacted with. And so they were like, well, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to bring? So I was like, oh my God, my friends are like, what do I want? I want you to cook. So yes. I had a list of foods that I wanted. My one friend, Patrice, she brought gumbo. She made gumbo, chicken and sausage gumbo. My other friend, um, Larvetta, she made a spinach lasagna. My other friends brought over some wine for afterwards because, of course, we had to toast. And there was dessert and there was all kinds of things that was there. I made barbecue baked chicken wings that were amazing. Like, we did it all. We went all out. And they came over and cheered me on, uh, like, as if we were at the marathon. While I ran in on my treadmill... We went on Facebook Live, we went on Instagram Live, we did some videos, we posted them. I did some challenges where it was the 10 for 10. You donate $10 and you challenge 10 people to donate $10. Or the 20 for 20, you donate $20 and you challenge 20 people to get $20. And that was, uh, I, I just wanted to be able to make it where people were interacting with me as if I was at the marathon, but it was virtual. And it was the best time that I had. People were like cheering me on virtually. And then I had my friends here. And then afterwards I almost fell out because I couldn't walk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I got catered to, they brought me food. They were like, what do you want to eat? What do you want? Da -da -da. You just sit here, don't move. And it was just the best feeling ever and the best experience ever. Renee Bolton, you are a Pomoja marathoner. That's crazy. I am. <laughs> it is. You are. And no matter what, you will always be. You know? 
That is so true. Yeah. And no matter what, you are an answer to prayer and will always be for, for kids and communities around the world because you continue to say yes. And I just thank God that I have the ability to be able to do it because without him, I wouldn't be able to. God is so amazing and so awesome. He gives you what you need when you need it. And sometimes we don't know what that need is. But at the end of the day, it's always his perfect timing. I think you just very eloquently said that you needed a marathon in your life. I did. I mean, it, it just really helped me realize that I could do, my mom has always told me this, Renee, you could do anything you put your mind to. Mm -hmm. And I have always believed that, but to do it at the, at the time where there's so many things coming against you, there wasn't just COVID for me. There was also the racial um, tension that was going on in the country as well. Mm -hmm. And having the looting going on, my neighborhood was loot, had a lot of looting going on. And that was really hard and devastating because there were businesses that were core businesses to the community that can no longer serve. There were people that were losing their businesses, not just to that, but also due to COVID. Mm -hmm. And it was just a really hard thing to see the world where it was and to uh, be a part of that, that I just didn't, I didn't know. Like, well, what do I do? How do I do it? How can I make a difference? The marathon helped me make a difference. Mm. The marathon helped me to keep going. Mm -hmm. The marathon helped me to just know that no matter what was going on, that if I continue to work the plan, mm -hmm. it would come out, I would come out on the end standing on two feet. Oh, Renee, I mean, everything that you're saying brings me tears of joy in ways, you know, just makes my soul ache and weep because we are, we're still here, right? Mm -hmm. While time has passed, um, COVID numbers are still rising. Um, people are losing family members and, you know, this holiday season are, there are empty seats at tables and the racial injustice within our country is still alive and well, while people are fighting against it and voices are rising and movement is happening. Um, we are still here. Um, and there, and there are folks though, that are still donning that orange Jersey on their own. Um, our group runs right now are limited to nil, um, but there are still folks lacing up shoes like you did and putting on an orange jersey and still moving their feet right now. And I just wonder, you know, what sort of words you, you might have, personal words of encouragement you might have for our teammates across the country. The first thing I want to say is that my training started out as just training, but then it became a habit. And then that habit has become a lifestyle for me. The lifestyle that I have taken on now is to continue to move my feet. While I didn't start out to be a runner, I am still a runner. I still work out every single day. I work out seven days a week. I'm on my treadmill four out of the seven days or three out of the seven days, depending upon how I'm feeling. But I continue to move my feet because I always wanna be ready for that next race whatever that race may be.
whatever God tells me that it needs to be. If you are thinking that God is calling you to run and to move your feet for clean water, do it. Don't mm -hmm. question him. He's telling you for a reason. He's tugging on your heart for a reason. Don't be shy. Don't be scared because he's always going to be with you from the first time that you step out to take that first step. And when I tell you, when I took my first step, it took me 30 minutes to finish one mile walking. Now I'm at 13, I think I'm averaging about 13.12 minutes a mile. Get it, girl. Come on. <laughs> but that's because I continued the journey. I didn't give up. And I'm saying to you today, don't give up. Let your training become your lifestyle. Let your lifestyle be where you continue to give back every single day of your life, whether it be mentally, physically, emotionally, or financially. You have a means to an end, but these kids do not. They need us, but we also need them. Never give up. Renee's journey is a testament to what happens when we not only never give up, but let God fuel us through the unknown and the uncomfortable. If you're moving your feet right now and you're by yourself, or even just need something to remind you of what is possible, we hope that getting to hear Renee's story motivates and inspires you. As we close out our episode today, we felt it important to end in prayer. This week, we experienced a dark day in American history with the insurgents on the U.S. Capitol, the likes of which we have not seen since 1814. Followers of Jesus are peacemakers. Some images from the protests demonstrate a disturbing conflation of Christianity that is far from the way of Jesus. Christians are commanded to seek the peace of the cities they live, to love their enemies, to seek unity, and to proclaim the message of peace. At the same time, we find ourselves continuing to combat the relentless presence of COVID-19 within our homes and our communities. We know that many on our team have been affected directly, and we want to take this time to lift up these prayers and petitions to God. Lord, we lift up our eyes to you. We are hurting people, and we cry out to you for your kingdom to come right here on earth as it is in heaven. Today, as we move our feet, we lift up the words attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, Grant that I might not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it is giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Lord God, be with each and every person on our team, be with their families and their communities, be with this country. Father, we pray for your hope and your health. 
for your justice and quality. Father, for your kingdom to come right here on earth as is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. If you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share. See you next week.